Blog Talk Radio. I do. 
Next time, let's have some politically correct tweets on Twitter. Let's send some less aggressive text messages and emails. If Twitter no. is going to go on, it was not canceled. Why do people think the word canceled and postponed are the same thing? They probably just know how mean you are, so they just automatically you know, attribute it to you. It's going to happen. The playlist is going to happen. And and for those that think that I, I may have had something to do, like I may have tried to shut the Q man down. I'm the one that, that I'm the one that picked the date for him. So be easy. Let's take a deep breath. We have we have four guests that are coming on tonight that we want to give an opportunity to talk and promote and explain a, a very great product and, and project that they are working on. We, we, we're giving them the, the opportunity to do that. So Q was gracious enough to postpone his playlist. And and we have great guests. I, I am really looking forward to I just wanted to get that off my chest because, you know, I... I was the one manning the front on everything and when the attack came. So I hit I hit Q up immediately. I hit Q up immediately like you need to get your followers in check. <laughs> Teamish followers would have never done anything oh, like that. Hilarious. I love I'm just kidding. You gotta love I'm it. Come on. We have passionate fans, Teamish. Yeah, anyway. So last week we had a, um, a very, very good, 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 good show. I heard a lot of great things about the Wednesday Rewind from last week. Where uh, the Chancellor told Mike Bone was with us as he is every third Wednesday. And we spotlighted the five stair steps and the Dells in honor of Clarence Burke Jr. and Marvin Jr. who passed away um, in May. We had a really, really, really good show. You know, as, as, as Q always says, it's, it's great when Booney comes on and just educates us a little bit on, you know, where the music came from. Yes. My boy. That's all we got. Yes. That's great. So, um, since we've been gone, the Miami Heat won the NBA championship. Q, thoughts? I am Dan. And I, and my brother would probably lick LeBron's hood. So now oh. for the next No, I'm not okay. happy. Okay. I didn't I didn't think you were happy. Um I, I didn't watch the entire game. I thought that after losing game six it would be a blowout. I was very surprised it was a close game. Yeah. Um to all the children out there Game six and seven shows you what happens when you don't do the easy things. Game six, you miss two free throws, you lose it overtime. Game seven, yep. Duncan Duncan misses a layup when a man named Shane was guarding him, you lose the NBA championship. Horrible. The easy things, free throws and layups. Horrible. So, uh, we talked about James Gandolfini passing away last week. The one thing that's on my mind that I want to talk to you about, you know, like I say, I say all the time, I rarely listen to other radio stations. I listen to WBLS because that's where we get, you know, our R&B and soul music here in the, um, the greater New York area. Mm-hmm. So that's what I listen to. But sometimes, but I want, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm not going to give the disclaimer that Q normally gives. Every Sunday in the greater New York area, every radio station decides that it is reggae soap a day. And it's just the whole day. I'm not. I don't have anything against the music. I love all genres of music. I just don't think that it should be an entire day dedicated to a specific genre because then you don't hear any of the other genres. So I was forced to listen to um, Power 105 and some of the Cuban disc jockeys, and they were talking about Paula Deen and her admitting to you know her admitting to you her use of the N word and explaining. You know, the culture that she comes from, use it all the time. Now, personally, mm. personally, I don't care what Paula Dean says in her kitchen. I, I don't I don't care if the Food Network fired her and kept her on. I, I really don't care. And not because I'm, I'm one of those young black guys or young black 
people who's not in tune with their culture and what's going on in their culture. It's just the opposite. I'm so in tune with what's going on in my culture. I would much rather worry about things like black on black crime and other or education system, things that I can actually do something to help benefit my people than worrying about the white woman who cooks on television and what she says around other white people. But I do want your um, opinion. I would think that anyone who thinks that an old white woman that wraps cake and bacon doesn't use the N-word is a fool. This shouldn't have been shocking news. But it really, I mean, really shouldn't have been. I mean, come on. Yeah, look, I, 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 you know, I wasn't surprised. I think most people, well, I think a high percentage of people probably refer to us as that word when they're behind I'm just I'm just not you know, I wasn't I wasn't surprised when I heard it. And I'm not I'm not too you know, if you, you know your history, you know, growing up in the Confederate South, you know, they you know the South was the last to abolish slavery and then you had the Jim Crow laws and you still kinda have this undertone of slavery down in, in the South now. So I'm, I'm just not surprised at all. And I don't like it when all of a sudden, when someone who's not black or not African-American says, I say the N-word, there's an uproar. Yes, rappers make millions of dollars of money using the same word. Now, you know what I do take issue with, though? Once all of your... Uh, Sponsors begin pulling out. I don't want to hear your tearful apology at that point. Exactly. Because we know you don't be. Like, at least woman up and say, look, from the South, it is what it is. But don't, once you start losing stuff, then come forward with the apology. It's too late then. Right. Like, I wasn't surprised that the Food Network acted very quickly. And um and releasing yep. her. Um, wasn't surprised that the sponsors went back out. You know, but you know, they do that to save face, you know, because of, of money and the, the economics of of a situation. But you know, I've I've seen too many tweets, I've received too many questions and messages from, from people and even the people that I have those intellectual conversations with. That's not one of the conversations that I want to have. Like, how do you feel about Paula Dean? I don't care. I don't even watch her cooking. Like, I don't. I don't care what she says. Who's Paula Dean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the point, man. I didn't. And then you know, that's, it bothers me. It bothers me a lot what people care about. Like, if Paula Dean doesn't say this, you have no idea what Paula Dean says. You could tell me word for word what Stevie J said on the last episode of Love and Hip Hop. I don't know who that is. My my Twitter timeline was going ballistic yesterday night because Catfish returned to MTV. Who? Exactly. But you know what I would really like to see? I would love to see people posting about what's going on in the Trayvon Martin case. I don't care what Paula Dean says. I don't. I don't care what Oprah's going to say to her when they get together. I'm sure Oprah and called a couple black people some niggas too when they done messed up a, a production or something. Like, I, I don't care. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care at all. I really don't. I, you can tell I, I feel very strongly about this and I've been waiting because you know Soka Day is Sunday so I've been waiting since Sunday to get on the air to talk about this I just I think it's part of what's wrong in our community we spend too much time wanting to govern and dictate what other people shouldn't do if it has any relation to us as a people but don't turn around and and, and police our own and it, it just irks it irks me to Ends I can't even put to you in words. It hurts me. I feel you. And um, two things. Uh, one, the Caribbean nation uh, sends your tweets to T Mitch. T dot underscore Mitch. About too much of the music. And. <laughs> T Mitch, Aaron, 
Hernandez is going to jail, bro. I, I think Aaron Hernandez is going to jail also. You know, 23-year-olds, he's still, he's still at that age where they don't necessarily understand the law and how it works and that you're not smarter than technology. You don't, you don't destroy phones. You don't destroy camera systems and think you're going to get away. You don't do that. Didn't he watch that? Uh, I know he was arrested. Didn't they watch? Don't they watch Law and Order or or they Catch a Predator or First Forty Eight? They don't watch these shows. He's he's going down for a long time. It's Apparently sad. He murdered this guy. Yeah, it's 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 sad. But you know, it you is. know, when stuff starts to come out, you know, you first hear it, and it's like, oh my god, this NFL player with a mansion and all this money. Why would they do something like that? And then the more evidence comes out, and you're like, oh, well, he had an incident with a, with a gun when he was at Florida. Oh, and then there was another time where this guy got shot in the eye. It was with Aaron. So wait a minute, we've had two instances with him and a gun, and he's still walking freely? Well, when you're a, a talent, like a real talent, sometimes you're able to wiggle out of things. And that's why they were never. Able, that's why they were never able to pin you for any of the things you did because of that semi-pro career you had. <laughs> I never shot anybody. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, please notice how he specified which crime he didn't commit. Didn't mean he has not committed a crime. He just wanted to specify he's never shot anybody. Absolutely not. On another show, we'll talk about the underground one-on-one tournament I played in with Russia response, but that's neither here nor there right now. Yeah, it's sad though. Twenty-three years old, and you know, got got the rest of your life uh, ahead of you, and to be caught up in a situation like this, and you know, we gotta wait obviously until they decide to release information. Um, you know what exactly they found, and if he really had something to do with it or pulled the trigger. You know, it's just they say he did. Much. They say that him and two others uh, and was upset because his friends was friends with some people that he didn't care for. So, them two other times, five times. Like I said, many other things in the community of the non-whites that we could be worried about or we could be doing to make sure these situations don't happen instead of wondering what white people are doing. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I'm not even prejudiced or racist. Like, I like white people. And I don't say that as, like, other prejudiced and racist people will say, like, yeah, I got white friends. I don't have many, but I like them. I went to mm-hmm. school with them. I grew up with them. My mother made sure that we were all friends and things of that nature. So when I say the, the whole Paula make a white thing, that's to my own other, you know, African-American, non-white listeners. I want to point this out to you. You're trying to make a big deal about her because she's white. I'm just trying to point out that that's why you should care less and care more about those of us that look the same. Right, right. Like, like, like a like a favorite of ours said in the chat room, Q. Paula Dean is a non-issue as long as people, especially artists, continue to make it entertainment with no disdain from the masses. It's a non-issue. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that, that, that favorite of ours is Terry Tobin. Just, just want you to know that. What what did you say? Terry Tobin's in the chat room. That's who said that. Hey, Terry! Got a nice, loud, hey. I will be in the chat room in 12 minutes. So you got anything else you want to... I know I got a lot off my chest between your passionate fans and Paula Dean. Anything you want to get off your chest before we get into the music, man? Um, I'm down 20 pounds since the last time I saw and I think I'm up 15 since the last time I saw you. You know, they got me at 190 pounds. Wow. That's big for you. Yeah. You, you weren't supposed to say wow like that. This radio, people don't know what we look like. You were supposed to act like I'm 6'3 and 190 looks good. You weren't supposed to do me like that. Did you do your homework last weekend before you? I had homework last weekend? Yes. We're the life of cake creation. I'm calling y'all on the air. I did not, but I am going to Delightful Kid Creations this weekend. I did not forget. I am going to go see them, and I'm going to go talk to them, because the human is not going to be the only person that they know. (laughs) So in the meantime, in between time, like we've said, we have great guests on tonight. Tonight, we are going to be chatting with 
Rob Stoney and Cedric Hill. I see them on the line. They are the two of three producers of the upcoming independent film Red, White, in Detroit. And we will be talking with them about the film, some of the influences that go in the film. You know, you can't talk about Detroit without talking about soul music a little bit. So we're going to do that. And it is all right with the Q-Man, as always. Can I jump into a little music before we bring them on the line? Let's do it. Okay. And before I get to the music, before I forget, ladies and gentlemen, stick around after the interview because Uncle Ray is going to come on and talk to us a little bit more about the top 20 Neo Soul playlist uh, in honor of Black Music Month. So we had a jam-packed show tonight. Tonight's music, since tonight's guests are going to be talking to us about their independent project, tonight's music comes from two future guests on the Neo Soul Show. One is Rachel Lynn Sebastian from Seattle, Washington. She is going to be a guest on the Neo Soul Show next week. Her single is entitled Don't Touch Me. And right after that, we have Miss Storm, who hit the Q-Man up through Twitter. He's giving his Twitter game up, ladies and gentlemen. And she sent us a, a, a couple of songs, and we're going to get her on the show. And her single is called Guns and Roses. It's the Neo Soul Show. Be right back.
touch me. Bring on 
Rob and Cedric. I just want to point out, again, another Q-Man follower in the chat room heckling about the playlist not being tonight. Oh, God. Miss Terry, Miss Terry Sullivan, if you are upset that the playlist is not played tonight, you should take that directly up with the Q-Man. Terry! We're going to do it, Terry. So with that said now, tonight's guests have been holding on the line. They've been listening, which normally when, when guests call in earlier, at least Q and I believe when guests call in like 20 minutes earlier than we say, that, you know, the earliest they should call in. If we feel like that means that they're critiquing us and making sure that this is going to be a professional interview. Uh-oh. Because, you know, if you tell somebody, you know, call in at, like, 10.55, the interview's at 11. kind of feel like mm-hmm. they have no idea what they're walking into. Right. But but if they call in at 10.30 when the show starts, like Rob and Cedric did, then, of course, they're listening and making sure that this is not, like, you know, buck wild and star. We about to ask them everything but their movie. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, so I wasn't surprised when I saw that, but I'm glad that they're on the line. So, you ready, you ready to you ready to talk? Cause I'm gonna get into this this red, white, and Detroit. I love this title, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, I do. Rob, Cedric, we got you on the line. Yeah, I'm right here. This is Rob. What's up, Cedric? Thanks for having us, guys. Oh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. We appreciate it. Uh, anytime we have a chance to talk, we're there. Certainly. Do we have everybody? Yeah, we got everybody yeah. on. Okay. Well, we're excited to have you guys on. We can't wait to hear about this movie and hear about you guys and everything. Right, where should we start? Well... You know, the first question that we normally ask our guests, and we're asking you guys to tell us a little bit about yourselves, and then tell us a little bit about the project, Red, White, and Trade. All right. Bob, you want to go first? Sure, why not? Um, All right. Well, um, I was born and raised in Brooklyn. Um, I graduated from uh, SUNY Albany. Um, bio degree, and I don't want to get, go through the whole thing, but um, as a teacher, um, I, um, my brother and I, who is, uh, the, you know, the star of the movie, who's, who's the principal uh, character in the movie, uh, we've been working together for a long time. We're very close, and uh, we uh, did, have done a lot of music together. Um, and, you know, I went to law school. I, right now, I practice entertainment intellectual property, and um, uh, some time ago, my brother and I were like, you know what, uh, let's, uh, let's see if we can uh, put together um, a movie, and uh, let's put together a team, because uh, we wanted to uh, showcase my brother's work, and he's a very talented actor. He just graduated from Mason Grove School of the Arts at Rutgers University uh, not too long ago, mm-hmm. and... Um, and then yeah, recently, uh, last year, he, he met a gentleman by the name of Cedric Hill. And um, Cedric, take it from there. Yeah, uh, I originally come from a theater background. I graduated from Rowan University many moons ago. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing directing and producing film and theater for probably the last 15 years in New York City. And I currently also teach at the New York Film Academy, where, where I met Bob's brother, Serge. And he says, I got an idea. I got a story that, you know, I think it needs to be told. And I'm a sucker for a story. That's why I got into this business. That's why I started studying art. I love telling stories. And you want to keep me around, tell me a good story. I'm there. Okay. Really, really like that. So, guys, Matt, tell us a little bit about the, the synopsis, the plot of the story. You know, right. draw, draw I'm already drawing in, but, you know, Get our listeners on board, so we're all, we're all together in love with this. Well, you, you start off with the synopsis we have of the movie. It's, it's a man who loves his city, who's watching it fall apart, and he decides that I can't watch this city decay anymore. I'm going to fix it, and that's the surface story. I mean, the more intellectual story, the story that you know 
I don't really see a lot. There's, there's reasons. There's an exciting incident. He watches his sister get attacked. And there's one man that's going to save the sister. And in, in trying to save that one person, he saves the city. Mm-hmm. When we originally started this project, when we went out to Detroit, we heard a lot that a lot of people were closing the windows, closing the doors. They're like, what can one person do? And the truth is, you don't have to try to save the world. Just one person you care about will make the difference. I mean, and this is the story. He's trying to save his city. He finds it corrupt. He finds it systemic. It's, not, it's relying on the world. It's not relying on itself. He hears these stories of this wonderful, amazing place, but he doesn't live in it. He wants that back. And if he feels he, if he can get that back, he can save the system. The problem is he's part of that system. He's part of that decaying city. To see his true dream just come to fruition, he also might have to be eliminated. I mean, he can save his mm-hmm. but he can save himself. Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Now, so what inspired that? Pardon me? What inspired that? Well, I'm, I think there were a number of factors. Um, mm-hmm. uh, a, a part of it had to do with the, the kind of part that uh, my brother Serge Tony wanted to play initially uh, when he approached Cedric Hill. And, um, and Cedric um, spent some time, a good amount of time in Detroit, uh, if, if I'm not uh, mistaken, said uh, you, you did a, a production uh, theater production over there? Right. We took a, we took a, a show that we had originally done off Broadway in New York. We took it to Detroit to play because the characters, her family's originally from there. And when I went there four years ago, I said, wow, there's so much potential. There's so much, there's so much life here that's not being taken advantage of. So it was just a natural fit for the character and the role that Serge wanted to do and the story we wanted to tell. Detroit is you know, it's the story. It's the American story. I mean, I hear a lot of filmmakers like, ah, European stories are great. I'm like, no, nah, American stories are just as great. And if we're going to uh-huh. tell an American story, let's go tell it from where the American dream was built. I mean, the auto industry came in. You can make a life. You can make things better for your family. You could work and live in the same place. And we saw people thrive, people succeed, people surpass their wildest dreams. And if we're going to tell an American story, let's start at the beginning and see where that dream should start again. I don't think the American dream is dead. I think it's just, it's in transition. Wow. I like that. Okay, that's deep. Yeah, that's deep stuff. <laughs> Shoot. So, Rob, you know, I know that I'm... The website says that you dabbled in a music a little bit as a musician. Um, so does that mean sure. that you're gonna have a you're gonna have a hand in you know the the, the music, the background, the score for the film? Uh, yeah, actually I am. Um, now we're we're trying to clean up and finalize the uh, the trailer for the for the movie uh, right now. So I'm I'm handling that. And. Um, while I probably won't have that as much time as I'd like to to um, to take on the entire score for the full feature, I definitely want to have a hand in it um, creatively. So um, you know, you know, definitely, you know, I I, I will I will put my you know I will have my input in there, but likely I'll be busy uh, producing and and doing a whole bunch of other stuff uh, that will keep me away from actually in taking on the entire score for the for the full feature. But um, but yeah, um, and you know, we would uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't um, we didn't you know make that that Motown connection, and you know we're we're uh, we're still sort of crafting exactly um, the 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 look and feel of the movie. We we kind of have that down, but in terms of how the music is going to influence it uh, throughout the movie and um, what. Uh, what the songs, if any, that we'll be looking to get clearance on and uh, things of that nature, um, that would be apropos for this uh, for this film. And, and the truth of the matter is that while you know everyone thinks of Motown uh, when they think of Detroit, uh, the, the Detroit music scene is is greater than that, and we want to be uh, specific to what's going on currently, uh, as well as pay homage to. Uh, you know, it's it's Motown uh, roots. 
So um, we're, we're trying to find that that uh, that balance, that, that delicate balance. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, how long did this project? How long did it from start to finish take? Well, we're, we're actually still in the process, but the intention of it started just in August, and then okay. we, in August we got together. We decided, you know, let's sit down and as men, let's, let's make an agreement to tell these kind of stories, and then mm-hmm. we put it into action. And by the end of December, we had shot the short. You know, was based on the on the feature to start to get the word out, to get the message out, to start to attract investors. So. Guys get together, they put their heads to it, they can get things done. And group of people all work together, and that's what I love about film, is so many different people have to come together and trust each other and agree upon this end goal and just put their hearts into it. And at the end, it's all, everybody's eating the same thing. Sounds good. Sounds good. T. Mitch, you sleeping over there, man? Of course not. I, as always, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan, and I'm, I'm I, like I said, I read the bio, and I'm just really, I'm really looking forward to the finished product, so I can see what everything looks like. Like after after seeing the synopsis and hearing what you guys are are, are telling us it's about, I'm seeing seeing it, it play out. It, it, it sounds very you know urban contemporary, and like you said, you know the story of the American dream. Um, Detroit is currently kind of on a rebuild. It's definitely getting a little bit back to a, a prominent state, I'll, I'll, I'll say. Is that going to have some some effect on the ending of the of the film, or is this just going to stay strictly with um, you know the, the the personal struggle of um, the American Dream and surviving? Oh no! Well, actually. <laughs> When we got to visit Detroit, we finding that art and life are imitating each other. Uh, the end of the story is, is is true. Things change, things evolve, and you know I won't say it's for the better or the worse, but uh, the ending and what's happening presently in Detroit is definitely taking a factor as we solidify the exact verbiage of, of the story. The story is like any other story. Things become great. They start to crumble because people get complacent, and then they have to rebuild. We're watching Detroit rebuild. You know, sometimes people rebuilding, they don't have to go. Sounds good. This is really interesting stuff. Uh, And I know you probably had something else you want to add as as a writer yourself. Yeah, I find this very interesting. In terms of the uh, the project itself, did it begin as a book or did you just go right into writing the screenplay? It became more of a, it, it came from a short story idea. Um, mm-hmm. Very much in the, in the old tradition where you know, people sit around and tell stories. And it started with one idea and another idea and another idea. And the themes became universal and then it just steamrolled into the story. The story started to write itself once we defined the character. Okay. Okay. Because I know that a lot of um, a lot of uh, films come from books. So I was curious with yours how it began. Now, do you think it was more difficult doing it that way? Um, no, not necessarily. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. It's, all, it's a little liberating doing it that way because you create the stories and you create the characters. And once they're honest about the way they approach each situation, the story actually writes itself. Right. We give the character an end goal and naturally obstacles go in the way. And how they react to them depends on how well you craft your characters. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that's... Um... In a lot of independent films I've seen, that's always been the an issue. Um, character development, not developing a character enough where your audience doesn't feel for them the way they should when there's conflict. But it definitely looks from your 
what we've seen online and all that that's not an issue for you guys at all. No, the the characters are honest. They're honest with themselves and with life to a fault. And that's mm-hmm. what makes you really sympathize with them. We all have our own quirks, our own desires, our own dreams, and sometimes we are our own worst enemy. So we all can relate to our character. Mm-hmm. Cool. I like that. I was just saying that to somebody the other day. You were? Yeah. We're all, we're all, we're all our own worst enemies. It's true, oh, though. Yeah, it is true. So when, 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 when are you looking to have everything finished, everything ready to go out for the public? Uh, well, we're, we're probably going to start production um, in the fall. And um, we're looking to finish up by uh, late spring, mid-summer, or early summer. So well, um, we, we have something special planned for the, uh, for the premiere. Uh, uh, Rob, do you want to speak on that? I'm sorry, excuse me? Uh, for the ah. premiere? <laughs> yeah. Yes, we, we, have, we have an idea. Um, as far as the premiere goes, what, what we plan on doing is um, premiering it at... Um, which, which stadium is it said? I'm sorry, I, uh, I forget. Ford, Ford, yeah, and we want to do it at Forge Field. We want to have the largest single opening event. And since the title oh, wow. is like Detroit, we want oh. the city, anyone who is a native of Detroit, like a $20, $25 ticket to get in. If you're not from Detroit, you're paying $5. We want <laughs> our big screen. I mean, Detroit does have one of the best symphonies on the planet. We want them to play it the score live as we broadcast it live. So... That first time it's seen, we want the people of the city of Detroit to see it. Mm. It's not only just a movie, but it's an event. I was there when 60,000 people watched the movie together. And the only way that you're part of that event is if you're there. Wow. We want to to save our money and get out the forest, too. Wow, we just yeah. we just need X to the L to finance us a trip out here. <laughs> I, I'm sure y'all can make it happen. I'm sure you can make it happen. Um, that sounds fantastic. I wouldn't be surprised if Uncle Ray got a part in the movie and he just didn't tell us yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's it's an event. I think it's a it'd be a Guinness record. So get your name in the book. Come out there and it's. It's an homage and a gift to the city. We we yeah, dared enough to tell Yeah, we dared enough to use your city in our title and if it's a city that important to the country, you should be the first to see it. And you know, wow. our tagline is, is as goes the choice, so does America. And you know, we we really want people to understand that connection that um between this city and what America is about, what, what what it was, what it you know what it is now, and what it's going to be, um, if we don't take care of this particular city. So um, uh, we hope that uh, Detroit uh, natives and, and residents will um, will feel that and then come out to that premiere. Yeah, because it's 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 not even a case of it, it's one greater than than all. When it comes to the city of Detroit, the one is the all. You wow. can't let this city fail. We let this city fail. We're all following. Mm. So pay attention. And, you know, recently when we got out to Detroit, they say, oh, Detroit is dangerous. Ah, oh, Detroit is decaying. We've been in Detroit. Some of the most friendliest people I've met. And the city's not decaying. It's not dying. It's not crime-ridden. It's perception. It's perception. Mm-hmm. I, I find Detroit to be a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in Newark during the 80s. When crime really hit. So, I've seen what a city looks Yeah. Wow. No. I mean, I've seen Williamsburg turn from a warehouse, abandoned area, to one of the trendiest places in the world. You beat some serious odds in your life, bruh. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow, no and Detroit. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Well, you don't want to really, fight that really guy, too Not at all. I just want to watch the movie. You don't want to fight that guy, bro. Nah. 
Well, that we, we are definitely looking forward fantastic. to it. Yeah, that. Wow, that's quite an opening, man. That's not like a road trip, huh? Come yeah, out. We're not tough, though, man. As soon as they leave us, we're going to be in trouble. I don't know about that weed, uh, though. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's that, that, Now, that's an opening, man. I, I hope you guys get a lot of support out there for that. Definitely. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, before, before we let you go, let all of our listeners know, you know, where they can go and, you know, take a look at the trailer, you know, when it's up, any websites or anything, yeah. and get any information you want to plug. Surely. Um, you can definitely go to redwhiteindetroit.com and check out the trailer. The trailer will be coming very soon within the next couple of weeks. Um, and check out the team itself. Uh, you can go to crownwheelpictures.com. That's the name of the production company. Um, and, um, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter, Red White Detroit, without the and, Red White Detroit. Um, and uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Oh, Facebook. Don't forget Facebook. Oh, yeah, Facebook. I'm sorry. Yeah, Facebook, uh, Red White Detroit. Follow us, please. Red White and Detroit. The letter, uh, the A-N-D, not no answer, Sam, A-N-D. Okay. Wow. Man, that sounds good. So, would you guys travel if you had, if there was another project you wanted to do somewhere else? Would you travel to it, or is this well, pretty much where you want to be? Should, should, we, should we let him in on the rest of it? Oh, we got Brian. Brian. <laughs> hey, sure. Go oh. for it, brother. Go for it, man. Go for it. Well, you know, we we realized Detroit has been left abandoned by the auto industry and. Mm-hmm. Indiana film it might not necessarily have a home, so I see it as a perfect marriage. They have lots of space. Film means lots of space. So we actually want to continue to make films and tell American stories, space in Detroit. Nice. Give independent filmmakers. I mean, the example that I've told people is, you know, I love Spider-Man. I love Superman. But, you know, every once in a while I was standing on the corner, I was in the barber shop, and there's a dude in there with a limp, but he's always smiling. I'd love to hear, find out why he always smiles. He's always like, I'd love to find that out. And I think so with everybody else. But they're not always the platform to do so. That's awesome. And that's a really positive way to look at things, because I'd be the idiot wondering why he limps. The negative. (laughs) So that is fantastic. Wow. Mitch, you got anything else for for our guys, man? That was it, man. I'm just looking forward to it. I'm actually, you know, looking up hotel prices in Detroit <laughs> for late spring, early summer. You know what? If you go, I'm going. How about that? Okay. And Terry, Terry's open in the chat room. Says she want to go too. So we'll just all pile up in the rental car. And we'll go. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Ray will get a party bus. All right, so that's what we'll do. We'll talk to Ray, Rob, Cedric. Thanks again. Spend a little Thank time with you. us. Definitely, definitely sharing this great information with us. Thank you so much for the opportunity, guys. Appreciate it. All right, you guys have a good night. You All right, you guys. Take care, brother. Wow. Rob, Tony, Cedric Hill. Gonna check that out, man. Red, white, and Detroit. I had to do with the um, well, not had to. I chose to do a paper. On Detroit, one of my last classes uh, when I was at Rutgers, and so I know I know a lot about the rise, the fall, and you know that's it's something that I think a lot of people know about, but are really not aware of just how bad it was. So that that film will really open some people's eyes, you know. Like it's, it'll be something we can all relate to. Yeah, definitely. So it's about that time. So we can talk about the top 20 Neo Soul playlist for Black Music Month. Uncle Ray, we got you on the line? You got me, you got me. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah, yeah. All right, great, great, great. I'm good, I'm good. Just uh, chilling here in the, the Big D. Uh, starting to heat up down here. Uh, so I've got to enjoy my summer a little bit. But I just want to uh, thank everybody for joining us tonight. I especially want to thank Rob and uh, Cedric uh, for letting us know about their project. Sounds really exciting. And, yeah, we don't have to make it out there. We don't have to make it out there for that, definitely. But we'll make that happen. 
Um, I do want to tell everybody a little bit more about our top 20, our, our special top 20 Neo Soul list that we compiled for Black Music Month. Uh, normally, we have our top 10 in Neo Soul, which is becoming a popular and powerful force in the Neo Soul and music industry. Um, but this month, we, we thought we would take a special attempt to look at even more music that was really affecting us in a positive uh, and productive way. Um, I'm not going to be able to go through every single track, obviously, in about five minutes, but I do want to highlight a, a couple of of songs and a couple of artists that I, that I think will really um, resonate with a lot of different folks. So first, um, track number one on the top 20 Neo Soul list from XBL.com is Traded All by P.J. Morton. I think everyone should go out and check out P.J. P.J. is a, um, a sensation, really. Uh, he's down with Maroon 5. Uh, he's a stand-in keyboardist for Maroon 5. He's from New Orleans. He signed to uh, Cash Money Records, of all things. And um, he, brings, uh, he, he brings to the game a, a, smooth, a smooth yet really powerful sound. And um, I, I really encourage everybody to check, check out Trade It All by P.J. Morton. Um, I'd be remiss. If I didn't mention Heaven by Honey LaRochelle. Now, Honey is a highlighted artist, our featured artist, on XBL.com right now. And she also has the number two track on the Neo Soul Top 20 for uh, Black, His- Black-, Black Music Month. Um, her track is really takes you back to uh, some of the, the, hi- the height of the Neo- of, uh, R&B era. Uh, it's a ma- mature Neo Soul track. But it's got a little bit of a new millennium spin to it So uh, definitely check out Honey Lola Rochelle in general And Heaven in particular um, She's definitely got the goods Now somebody that I was really Really impressed with, Jose James Jose James traditionally has been A jazz artist, but he hits you with a, with a number of tracks One including Trouble, which is number 12 On our top 20 um, it, it reminded me Of a cross between Anthony Hamilton Kim with the jazz and Kim with the jazz flow, um, so you can really kind of get a neo a nouveau funk neo soul track when you get in trouble. So definitely check out Jose James and Trouble, which is number twelve on our top twenty list. Um, next, I want to highlight number seventeen on the list, Retrograde by James Blake. Um, it's a real unique and entrancing and minimalist track, uh, something that I really enjoyed. Um, he's a British blue-eyed neo soul artist. Uh, definitely uh, encourage everyone to check out Wretched Wade and James Blake. And lastly, but definitely not least, the number 20 on the top 20 um, for Black Kids, Black Music Month, um, powered by uh, XBL.com, is Break Every Chain by Tasha Cobb. Tasha is getting a lot of buzz as a new age gospel artist, and Break Every Chain is an inspirational and passionate uh, testimony. So I encourage folks to check it out. Um, now, I highlighted a number of tracks, but really all the top 20 is real good flavors. So I really encourage everybody to go on to XBL.com and check out the top 20. Out. Special thanks goes out to George Little Don from Purpose Music and uh, Pepper Thomas from the Hot Pepper Show in, in Austin, Texas. Uh, both of these folks really helped us compile this. It's a national list. Um, from a number of different radio uh, stations and sources around the country. And uh, we're going to keep on doing this as a top ten list throughout the year. Um, really looking forward to, uh, to having some more uh, top ten throughout the year. Um, I would also be remiss if I did not thank everyone for, again, joining us tonight. And also I appreciate the commentary from gentlemen a little bit earlier. Uh, one little thing I want to add to the things that people should be thinking about as what the as what the uh, Supreme Court did this week, um, it uh, it did some positive things on the uh, on the marriage front and in expanding the right of marriage, but it did some negative things as it took us back to fifty um, in terms of civil rights um, and the uh, Voting Rights Act. And uh, so I would be remiss if I did not point that out. Um, but again, um, we got to keep it positive on this show. Um, Thank everyone for joining us tonight. Well said. Definitely gave me something. I was going to stay away from that court stuff. 
Nah, we got we got we got to mention it. But at this point, this is where you mentioned something else. Eleven thirty. Wow, that was fast. Yes, it was. Hey, we want to thank everybody that listened in. Thank Terry for chilling with us tonight, and um, hope everybody enjoyed it. We will be back next week when we we'll try to do better. For Ray, for T. Mitch, and myself, and the rest of the X to the L family, can't wait. See you soon. We're out of here. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone.